This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spent half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains of Central Oregon. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life, even now as a media creator and a beer professional. This is how Mountain Sea Media was born. I realized how impactful stories are to our lives and business. Stories share good experiences and the warmth of friends. They improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com. It's your story. I'll help you tell it. This episode is brought to you by Mountain Sea Media. I spent half my life near the Pacific Ocean and the other half in the mountains of Central Oregon. These places are full of profound stories and experiences that guide my life, even now as a media creator and a beer professional. This is how Mountain Sea Media was born. I realized how impactful stories are to our lives and business. Stories share good experiences and the warmth of friends. They improve business by sharing these experiences and connecting deeply with our customers. If you'd like to connect better with your customers through copywriting and storytelling, contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com. It's your story. I'll help you tell it. Welcome to episode 10 of Good Beer Matters. Good, good crack. C-R-A-I-C is a Gaelic word. Good crack down the pub. Um, crack is just, you're, you're hanging out with mates, getting everybody wound up and all buying rounds. And everybody's fine at the end of the night. In this episode, we continue our series on small breweries with the story we've all heard many times. American travelers in the 60s and 70s ventured to the homeland of beer, particularly England. While there, they discovered that English beer was darker, warmer, and much better than the watered-down, over-marketed lagers back home. But they also discovered something else. A beer culture brewed into the tradition of the third place. After home and work, a pub often served as a third place in a community. It is where people gathered to share news and discuss ideas. Those intrepid travelers came home to reintroduce the concept of the third place and build the foundation of our modern craft beer movement. Today, the focus seems to be on boundary-crushing innovation, but if one should ever want to discuss their next literary revolution with a traditionally brewed, English-style real ale, then let me introduce you to Ted. Uh, my name is Ted Sobel. That's like Nobel with an S. Uh, I'm the uh, publican, not Republican, publican, landlord, brewer, dog's body, toilet cleaner, mediator at the Brewers Union Local 180 in Oakridge, Oregon. Ted's story began with a warm beer that led to a midlife crisis on an English train. But I'll let him tell you that story. My name is Jeremy. I'm a certified Cicerone, BJCP judge, IBD certified brewer, and a beer writer. I believe the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. I believe there's a world of wisdom found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. This is Good Beer Matters. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. 
If you enjoy having a good crack, getting squiffy, drinking a beer that is the dog's bollocks, then I hope you enjoy episode 10 of Good Beer Matters with Ted Sobel of Brewers Union Local 180 in Oak Ridge, Oregon. Tell me, I want to get a sense of place. I just drove... Uh, yeah, basically from Ben. But uh, so I just drove through the forest, and it seems to completely surround this town. And there's a river that runs through it. That would be a great title for a movie. There's if five I, rivers that meet here. There's actually a couple interesting. Uh, five places. rivers run through. Five it. rivers that meet here, and Oak Ridge and Westford are the only cities in Oregon that are completely surrounded by national forest. Completely surrounded. So completely you, surrounded. You go any direction, you're in the woods. Yeah, in national forest. And yeah. how many people live in, in Oak Ridge? I get asked that a lot at the uh, when I'm working behind the bar, um, and uh, I think Oak Ridge, there's like Oak Ridge proper, there's Westford, and then there's the outlying areas. I personally live outside of the city limits, so when you see that sign coming in that says what 3,500 or whatever, 3,300, doesn't count those people. Sure. So I am guessing between 4,000 and 4,500 people live in this little pocket um, up here of uh, private land. It, it, I mean, are there? Is there much tourism that comes through here? What's the, what's that's, the local? That's what keeps this place going. It really, it's. I wouldn't have opened a, uh, this establishment if it weren't for the, um, if it weren't for the mountain bikers and the recreational people. You know, people who want to go out and snowshoe or camp or whatever. There's not enough locals to sustain a business like this. So. Um, um, but I would imagine, especially in the uh, shoulder seasons and the off seasons, then that's when the locals. <laughs> yep, we're talking November right now. This yeah. is this is definitely shoulder season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little bit, a little bit of traffic going on out there, but yeah, it's not it's not enough to to sustain um, this kind of business in a small town. So before we get into the stories of this place mm-hmm. and and you as the brewer and owner and and all the travel that you've done. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this beer that I'm drinking right now. You are drinking a beer called Watcha. It's um, it's one that we use to showcase uh, various hops. It's a very simple beer. It's a three malt, two hop beer, and uh, the the malts are all just just simple English, yeah, Maris Otter, torrified wheat, uh, Weyermans, um, Carafone, uh to add body. Uh, so it's quite pale. Um, and then Willamette, which is a Fuggles variant for bittering. And we, every time we brew it, we use a different finishing hop. And this has a hop called Cashmere from the Crosby Hop Farms uh, up Willamette Valley that we've never used before. <laughs> this is the first beer that's had it. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to characterize it. I'm, I'm not as fond as, it, as I am of some of the other and, uh, new variants, but. and and by style, this is a an English best bitter. It's a best bitter. Best, best bitter. Best bitter being, the, the Brits like to categorize categorize their beers by, um, you know, alcohol content. So you've got your ordinary bitter or session bitter, which is below four percent, and then four to four and a half is a best bitter. It, I mean, this is like four point two. Yeah, it's the best bitter. And then four and a half to five is a special bitter, and above five is an extra special bitter. <laughs> So, and and then and then the yeah. the next beer I intend to try would be the old ale. What, what's the old, the old I, ale? I'm drinking a pint of Tannenbaum right now. Uh, we've been aging this for three months with oak chips. Um, what six point two? 
Uh, much more complex than that. That's more of a sessionable, I'm going to drink eight pints of that in yeah. a night kind of beer. Well, um, and I'm a huge fan of Old Ales. <laughs> yeah, this, and, and, this one, and, not so much. <laughs> well, at the yeah. uh, the yeah. thing I love about uh, Old Ales is that they yeah. are the uh, the scandalous high alcohol <gasps> beers of Britain. Six point. At 6.2. That's you know, above, above five, they get kind of crazy over yes. there. It's like, yes. no, I, you don't drink. Hey, yes. Lottie, don't, don't, don't drink more. No, don't drink more than two lows. Yeah, no. yeah. There's no <laughs> stiff upper lip with an <laughs> no, no. old ale at above five percent. But uh, it's delicious, though. Yeah, just put this on. This usually comes on around Thanksgiving time. Um, we chuck oak chips in the firkin because we always condition it in the cask. So that's uh, we don't do it. It's like inside out. You know what I mean? Uh, instead of putting beer in a cask we put chips in the in the firkin sure yeah so that's how this is aged and so. and so just to uh for the listener um yeah. you know uh, any any beer geek like like you and i would 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 uh, uh get right to the um the style of the beers that you produce but yeah. for those who aren't uh, you produce uh cask style british cask, cask conditioned traditional well some of the recipes aren't quite so traditional but yeah traditional in our methodology and you know how we brew and how we cellar and how we mature and how we serve is all traditional some, so, of, the re- some of the recipes are a little more crazy <laughs> well but tell me how you serve the beer it's all pulled through uh um, hand pumps uh, we have england Worthside hand pumps at the bar uh the casks are behind the bar in a cellar that's set at cellar temperature 50 to 55 degrees People call it warm flat beer. Yeah, um, this is the yeah. this is the warm flat beer that right, the British right. are known for too. Yeah, I hear you know, people come in. I, I hear you. I hear you sell your beer at room temperature. I say, yeah, if your room set at fifty degrees, yeah, yes. then it's room temperature. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is which is why we don't drink our red wine cold, but it, it <laughs> right. ends up being chilled if you if you're right. in the Northwest. Right. So uh, yeah, they they still do call it real ale over there um, in in Britain, although. Times seem to be changing a little bit. There's more of this craft keg stuff coming across. But uh, typically, if you go to a small town or a bigger town and there's a pub, you're going to find hand-pulled, you know, through the beer engine, um, real ales. And uh, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and and in, in my, I'll just say, limited travels, I, I have been a few places um, mm-hmm. of, of that are interesting. But... Um, but finding a good old-fashioned beer engine is 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 a bit of a trick. I'm sure there's a few in Portland. It's, there's a, there's a you know. Oh, you're talking about Oregon. I was well, I, well, yeah, in Oregon it's I'm, tricky. I'm, I'm it, thinking Oregon, but I mean you know I can think of one place in Bend. I can there's probably a couple of places uh, including Brass. Who, who in Bend? Uh, Deschutes Brewery for one. Oh, Deschutes, right? They yeah. have two and the old got two the Bond Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah correct, right. correct. Um, but but that begs the question is I don't know where else in Bend and uh, I know horse brass uh, I would yeah, expect to have them but that's, but that's not really cask beer it's 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 a Sankey it's a, a keg pulled through a beer engine that's okay. all that's all it is I mean some of them are delicious and I was just up there last week I had so it's more for the show yeah okay yeah so, but some of them are like what's the one up in um, Seattle uh, Machine House in the old Rainier Brewery. Um, had a cask down there, which was or a keg, but it was delicious. Well, then, where else across the nation? I mean, where are some hot spots for old, real ale? From what I hear, the East Coast is full of it. Uh, more New England, um, and apparently Pennsylvania for some reason. Uh, we buy a lot of our supplies uh, supplies here for the pub, like Spiles Keystone Shives from UK Brewing, which is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, apparently, Pennsylvania has a lot of real ale outlets, but 
Um, I'm from upstate New York. I'm from Ithaca area. Um, and there's nothing. Well, there's one place, Ithaca Brewing Company, Ithaca Beer Company, rather, that has one hand pull they put on on Thursdays. <laughs> That's usually something weird. Thursdays, definitely Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just Thursdays, but then on Thursday. But uh, I hear the East Coast has quite a bit, but I'm not out there much anymore. Um, uh, for Oregon, uh, there are a couple good places. Uh, Block 15 in Corvallis uh, has one hand pull, and I help them set up, and we do a cask swap with them where I'll, I'll take a cask up and they'll give me a cask and no money changes hands. <laughs> yes, it's all quite nice. Um, Santiam Brewing Company in Salem has four beer engines on the bar. Mm. But they, they like to do non-traditional stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They age things in barrels with bat guano and <laughs> no, I, I, no I'm not kidding about that <laughs> it, it kind of goes to the don't knock it till you try it type yeah, thing. No, they, they tend to do stronger um, more sophisticated offerings and uh, you mentioned the horse brass yeah the horse brass is great you can get some more traditional beers uh, I, I was up there what did I have something from Ancestry and Tualatin an ESB was on and it was really really good it's one of those what they call moorish in england you want more of them okay <laughs> they're moorish gotcha gotcha <laughs> yeah yeah but otherwise i mean uh, machine house in georgetown seattle um well well yeah so i mean so these are places where people can find it but yeah. you know the question i always go back to is mm. is so what um can you define what is real ale well, it's got to be using traditional ingredients. It's got to be served, well, the definition, I think, is actually on our menu right there. Um, traditional ingredients, um, it's got to be, be matured in the... Here, I'll hold this up so you can read it verbatim. Read it? All right, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's real ale. I can't read that. My eyes are too old. Real ale is a name for draft... Um, or bottled beer brewed with traditional ingredients, um, matured in secondary. Sheesh, my eye. I need glasses. Here, I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll read it then. Nice. If, if no, we're just going to read it, then yeah. let's see. Uh, real ale is a name for draft or bottled beer brewed from traditional ingredients, matured by secondary fermentation in the container from which it is dispensed and served without the use of extraneous carbon dioxide. Very good. So, thank you. I've been I've been, I've been practicing that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah so stuff. traditional ingredients is that is that akin to the Reinheitsgebot where we don't do anything usually different and innovative in Belgian? I mean, it varies. Um, you know, in opinions. I I have some quite a few brewer friends over in Britain, and uh, the opinions vary on that. But typically, it means you don't add a lot of weird adjuncts and things like that. You know, you don't chuck in a bar of chocolate or a cigar. I had a local brewery do that. <laughs> uh, Very it's it's going to be usually something like Golden Promise, Maris Otter, um, some crystal malt, torrified wheat usually for head retention, and uh, traditional hops. Um, so, yeah, we're not chucking in. I've, I've heard of all kinds of stuff chucked into beer. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. There are certain, certain things that I, yeah. I still... Yeah. I love I love that there are people pushing the boundaries, but yes. I don't necessarily want to go to those boundaries. And, and and I think one of my experiences is, you know, I love trying this this 
this jasmine flower, oh, blah, 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 IPA lemongrass. and lavender, lemongrass, luau, the, right. yeah, uh, with, and ginger and chilies. And, it, you know, it, frankly, it's fun and to get this great new IPA right. with tropical flavors and coconuts. I love that. But but then yeah. then it, it then it becomes because especially in Oregon in the Northwest yeah. is so innovative and the whole West Coast is so innovative and, and not to say anything from. Um, I mean, I know there, there are places um, in, in Spain and the East Coast and, and uh, Colorado, et cetera, yeah. that are doing some really cool things. But when you come back to a traditional beer that began this push that, yeah, I mean, the people back in the 60s and 70s that traveled to Europe and, and, and particularly uh, England to try beers and realized, oh, my gosh, we should make that back home. And then here yeah. we are with... And all no, this innovation and, and hardly anybody's doing it i mean I, to, to me when i go to the uk or to ireland it's you want a beer that you can drink all night long with your friends and, and, and these crazy things like we got I, I think i have a voodoo donut whatever it is that rogue did bottle there mm-hmm. with bacon or whatever yeah <laughs> it's like yeah i can i can drink half of one of those yeah <laughs> that's it and 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 i and i told the folks at voodoo i love that you're pushing boundaries yep. i don't want to drink everything you put out yep. but i love Just that a you little put bit of but, it. <laughs> but i but i love that they're put, putting it out yeah. but then to come back to a an ordinary bitter to right. come back to a good classic German Dunkel or we were just oh, talking yeah. on Friday uh, my family and I went to uh, Crux and had a uh, and had a um, oh, what did I what did I say it was it was a uh, Weizenbach yeah we had a Weizenbach and it was amazing but just to have that dark wheat lager just classic I yeah. mean it's, it's nice to go and back to simple. classics they're so simple well it, yeah. it, it's like listening to some like yeah. new song in the radio and, yeah. and that's just like wow I really I'm really digging that vibe but you know, I'm still going to put Sergeant Pepper on every once in a while. Yeah, and we all miss Tom Petty. And, and <laughs> yeah, may he rest in peace. Yes, but it's, but it's 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 nice to go back to those mm-hmm. those old songs, those old beers, and just reminisce and realize this this is kind of ground zero for a lot of the things that we're doing now. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's like hanging out with my friends in England, and you go to a pub, which we do a lot of, and uh, when when I'm over there. And, uh, um, they've got Timothy Taylor's Landlord on. It's just a classic, very simple, Moorish drinkable pint, and you can have four or five of those. Well, especially <laughs> at like four point two percent, it's like yeah, yeah, oh, yeah you can yeah. drink all night long, and you're a twenty ounce pint. You, yeah, you can, yeah. you can do that. Keeps your kidneys moving. That's, yeah, that's important. <laughs> um, and so then, tell me the origin story. How did how did you become a brewer? How did you open this and why on earth did you open it in Oak Ridge? Uh, that's a lot of questions. Um, I'm trying to get a lot of answers. You're trying to get a lot of answers out in a short period of time. Well, uh, I first time I went to um, to I was going to say England, the UK, right? Because I was in Scotland, Wales. Um, that is part of the UK as well as England. Um, it was 1991. It was the year that I moved from upstate New York to Oak Ridge, Oregon, and I. Uh, my then wife and I spent a month just traveling around, hitchhiking, taking buses and trains around England. And I remember my first pub because uh, I heard about the British pub, about the Cask Ales. I never had one, and it was like it was right outside of Victoria Station. After you, you fly into Heathrow, you take the train, you get off at Victoria Station, you go around the corner. There's a pub there. I had my first pint of bitter, and I was like, "This is beer. <laughs> this is real beer." And the pub, the whole atmosphere of the pub is just something you don't really see in this country because it's not a restaurant and it's not a bar it's 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 
it's a, a separate entity. It's what they call their um, the third place because you got you got your home, mm-hmm. you got your work, you got your local. <laughs> that's your third place, and you go there and you hang out and meet with your mates. So that's what kind of got me hooked, and I I would go to England as and well UK as much as I possibly could. Um, and didn't get to go this year, unfortunately, but uh, um, in uh, at the end of 2004, I quit my engineering job. I was a software engineer for 27 years, and I just just needed to do something different. And uh, went walking back over in England, up in Cumbria, uh, the Lake District, and um, stayed one night at a place called the Willpack Inn. It's up um, up Eskdale, uh, southeast Cumbria. And uh, had a wonderful night. Got to talk to the landlord um, and landlady, who are now very good friends of mine. <laughs> and uh, the next morning, I got up, got on the train to go to uh, Yorkshire, and um, I sort of snapped at my midlife crisis on the train. And it's like I'm going to start a pub. <laughs> so, so I contacted them the fall of that year, uh, 2006, 2006, and said, "Can I come out and learn?" The whole thing, the whole trade, you know, brewing cask beer, uh, running a pub, you know, doing the service correctly and, you know, having it authentic. And um, I went over three separate times and visited them and lived upstairs of a pub and worked the bar and brewed beer. And uh, I've been a home brewer since I was 20. I am now... Do I have to mention how old I am? No, let's just, let's just say you are not 20 anymore. I am no longer 20. No longer 20. Yeah, yeah that was 30. Never, never mind. And uh, came back here um, to Oak Ridge, where I've been, I've been here, what, 26, 26 and a half years now? And uh, found a building and spent 10 months rebuilding this. I do carpentry. So um, pretty much we gutted this building and rebuilt it uh, to be an English-style pub. And Which want, is fantastic because it's yeah. very reminiscent of an English style pub I with hope like so. the, the darker <laughs> colors, all the wood and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. yeah, dark wood. Mm. And uh, had a lot of people tell me not to do this, not to, nobody's going to buy your beer, Ted. You know, they told me, and it's like I'm going to have six beer engines on the bar. They're going to they're going to buy it, <laughs> and they do. <laughs> and so here here we are what we've been open nine and a half, nine plus years it was august 13th 2008 that uh this that front door opened and i i cleverly chose that because i wanted to open right in the beginning of a, of a recession i thought that'd be a great idea yeah well it's, it's like visiting a place you want to live visit in the winter time when it's yeah. worse and then it'll yeah. just get better from there yeah no, it's been a struggle, but we yeah made it this far, and um, yeah, the whole uh, the whole uh, traditional English, Welsh, what do you want, Scottish pub thing is I don't know under my skin for some reason. And and are you of English descent? No, uh, well. I guess I'm a mutt, really. But, um, but what is your fascination with the English pub culture? That well, apparent. One thing's the one thing's the beer, and I don't mind the food over there. But it's the whole social aspect of it that really is intriguing to me. That you don't, there's no wait staff. You don't. You can stay as long as you want. Um, it, it's a place to just go. And 
meet people. Well, let's talk about that. I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that concept. And I've yeah. read about this before about being the third place. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it seems particularly in the Northwest, but really all around the nation, all around the world, that mm. the coffee shops, particularly in the coffee 90s, shops, became yes, that yes, third yeah. place. Yeah. Um, breweries and pubs, you know, it kind of sort of is becoming that third place, but it's it's nowhere near on par with the way that the British approach this. And, I mean, it really is, um, you know, I, th- I think... Uh, from what I understand, a better explanation of it would be anyone who's ever watched an episode of Cheers. Mm. That would be the third yeah. place, and yeah, that's Cheers more. Is, Cheers is close. There's, yeah, but just, but speak to me more about turning this into that third place. I don't really know. I, I don't really know how to do that. Um, it's. I mean, we welcome everybody in here. Uh, we don't. Like I said we don't have wait staff. We don't chase you out if you've been here for six hours playing your German board game or whatever. It's like you can hang out as long as you want. And, um, everybody's welcome. Well, we do have a one-strike rule. If you're causing trouble in here, you're out. But it's oh, it's got to be a safe place and comfortable. And yeah, it's a cultural thing, really. I, try, I remember early on, the first few years, trying to you know, to convince the locals to, that what this really was was a little tricky, but we've got so many of them now that just know that they can come whenever they feel like it. They can hang out. Um, you know, if you wanted to come and just have one pint and sit for a couple hours and read a book, that's totally fine. Uh, nothing wrong with that. It is a different culture. I, you know, they do speak English over there, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is completely un, un, <laughs> unintelligible. And they got oh, it's great. They got some great words um, and expressions. That's just it. the dogs bollocks. Then when, <laughs> yeah, they, dogs when bollocks. they when they when they when they speak their I mean, English they, English, they, they they have one of my favorite words uh, is between sober and drunk, and it's it's squiffy. It's just squiffy. Don't poop last night. Yeah. You know, there's a Gaelic word for um, uh, uh, just being comfortable, in, you know, in a pub that, that they use over there, and there's just there's lots of lots of stuff like that. Um, good, good crack, C R A I C. It's a Gaelic word. Um, good crack down the pub. Um, crack is just you're you're hanging out with your mates, getting everybody wound up, and you're all buying rounds, and everybody's fine at the end of the night. I mean, it, it can be hilarious sometimes because they have a great sense of humor over there. And we get that sometimes in here. We'll have some locals up, usually sitting at the end of the bar up there. And, uh, we'll have, have to have some good crack. Can't say this in this country because they think it's cocaine. Uh, yeah, but, it's completely <laughs> different. But C-R-A-I-C, yeah, crack. Um, it's just a, you can have a wonderful night. Um, just get everybody, just winding everybody up. <laughs> it can be so much fun. So uh, you mentioned that the the locals finally came around with kind of accepting your yeah. your style of yeah. beer but we're pretty much smack dab in the middle of Oregon and in the northwest and where it's IPA 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 oh, I and and now the big thing is you know now we have um, you know the sour beers and and tropical IPAs yeah, I don't and, get the sour beer thing that's just oh I do but that's a different podcast yeah, okay. that's different. a different yeah. podcast yeah because I I I I, I 
was trained to make sure things weren't sour. <laughs> it was like the, the, yes, it, 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 for yeah. me, it's all based on balance. You can yeah. balance balance the yeah. sweetness with bitterness, or balance the sweetness with acidity, and yeah. and that kind of goes with food pairing. But we're gonna, I want yeah. to get there too. With the IPA things, I do brew IPAs, uh, but sometimes I brew a traditional English IPA, which will be yeah, maybe over four percent with you know Goldings and Fuggles or something. You mm-hmm. know, none of that citrusy. Uh, yeah. A lot of people in the West Coast think that an IPA is supposed to taste like grapefruit. And it's like, no. Yes, because we've been bra- brainwashed by Cascades. <laughs> yes, right. It's not, yeah. And I'll, yeah, I brew one called Summit, S-U-M-M-A-T, which is uh, Northern English uh, for something. Summit. Yeah. And uh, it's just Goldings and Fuggles. And it's, this isn't hoppy. <laughs> well, it is. It's got a lot of Goldings and Fuggles in it. Yes. It's just earthy and... Herbate or you know herbal and that sort of thing, and which kind of goes yeah. to I mean yeah. the uh, the true British IPA is less bitter than our oh, pales, yeah. especially in the Northwest. The oh, North the Northwest pale is kind of funny. That's an IPA to anyone else's standards. Yeah, and then, yeah, we, yeah, have, and yeah. then we have the Northwest IPA. Yeah. So um, so tell me a little bit about that that culture of the IPA and your and, and because of your style of beer that you're producing mm-hmm. that traditional english how have you been able to kind of work with the people who come in expecting something to melt their face off with hops well we always have something that'll do that on our guest taps <laughs> and sometimes actually right now we have a we have a, one of the i think it's the last cask of our fresh hopped ipa which is stronger five something but uh it's just an education thing um Trying, you know, explaining to them that what's getting, I don't know, force-fed to them about what an IPA is is not what an IPA is. You go to England, for instance, and uh, one of the most popular ones is Green King IPA. Um, it's what three point seven percent, I think. There's Duker's IPA, which is three point something percent, and that's what they call IPAs. But this IPA idea, I don't know. It started with what. Bridgeport who started that's hard to say it was probably the Burt Grant up in Yakima but the whole idea of it having to be like mango and citrus and grapefruit and mm. all this sort of stuff and it had to be 7.5% and cloudy and is is a west coast thing well I think that goes to show that I mean we, we definitely live in an IPA world. Oh, yeah. I mean, shoot, yeah. there, there, there are even American breweries heading to Germany and, and mm-hmm. the, oh, I know. And, and there's a lot, and of course, you know, and there's a lot of expatriates moving to Spain and they're brewing their American style beers and IPAs and IPA, IPA. And, and maybe this IPA is not as hoppy as we're used to, but, yeah. but, uh, it, I mean, this beer to me kind of serves almost like a museum not but not in a like old and irrelevant way but mm-hmm. kind of like a, hey let's take this back to the beginning if you want to go back and experience mm. where this all began yeah um it'd be like um getting a just a really good german lager and lager yeah. used to be lager used to be kind of a bad word in the in the Oh, in the mac- micro brew days, yeah. but now loggers are great again. Yeah, because they're making them very, they're making some very nice ones. Uh, yeah, we buy, you know, we have our, our six guest taps, and we buy some good loggers and made by local breweries in Oregon. They're fantastic. And to me, it's just like anyone who's interested in sports or music or anything like that is go back to those things that once inspired you. Go mm-hmm. back to the fundamentals before mm-hmm. you get 
fancy and, and use that to continue to inspire. It inspired the the shoulders of the giants that all the brewers now stand on, mm-hmm. right? Yep. In the, yep. the original on the eighties, and a lot of those breweries are gone. But then the brewers of the nineties stood on those shoulders, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I've had a beer and I'm getting philosophical, but you're, but tell well, me. that's that's what's important is to have it, you know, to have a beer. It's that word hoppy though that always gets me. I, what, what does hoppy mean? Um, and and I get a little um, yeah. I get a little tired of of uh, IBUs by yeah. the numbers and IBUs as yeah. as you know as well as I do is is oftentimes a mathematical equation it based is. upon it is a mathematical a, equation based upon a sampling of the uh, alpha and beta acids right. from this giant entire crop right and, but yeah. but I've had a hundred IBU um, uh-huh. uh, beer that tasted really well balanced because it was a uh, multi and it wasn't too dry and uh-huh. and yeah. and then you get something with 40 ibus and it just cl- pokes your eyeballs as it goes right, down right it, it, it's all late edition yeah they chuck it all in a you know or dry hop it yeah and, and yeah and then early late you know and then in somewhere in between 30 minutes yeah. 20 minutes 23 yeah. minutes yeah. um so th- there are all these different um things but um well i i guess uh, the the question i have for you is then mm. you know how do you deal with this as a brewer how do you deal with what, what the rest of the people that come in? What do they want versus hey, this is what I'm offering. Uh, I, we sell a lot of cask beer. I don't know what else to say there. I mean, we is this just become known as okay? If you want the style of beer, right. this is where you go. If you want to go to a traditional style pub that has hand pulls, uh, beer engines, and you want to get something traditional, and you want a twenty ounce pint, and then another twenty ounce pint, and then another twenty ounce pint, <laughs> then. It's, it is a captive audience thing, I think, because we are up here in the woods, um, 40 miles from Eugene, Springfield. But uh, we've got people coming from all over the world to they hear about us. And they go, really? We're gonna, we get to have traditional beer? Yes, you can. Well, <laughs> thank you for that segue. I wanted to go there next. Um, so you mentioned that you share taps with Block 15. And Santiam. And Santiam. Yeah. Where else, do, where else um, I'm just going to use this word, because where else do you distribute? I, I, my brewery is way toast. It, it, distributing really makes no sense for us. The brewery is really tiny. Um, you know, wholesale, I can sell a firkin for maybe 140 bucks. We'll make close to 400 over the bar. So why sell it to somebody? And that's why I like to swap with the other breweries because I, I give them a cask and they give me a cask and I get to sell it at a retail price. But we brew eight firkins at a time. And, um, you know, there's no economy of scale. That's a, uh, it's a less than a three U.S. barrel brewery. It's two imperial barrels, which is less which than is thirteen point two, right? The uh, a firkin is is a quarter of a British barrel. Um, in U.S. measure, it's ten point eight gallons. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, firkin just literally means in I think in Dutch it means quarter barrel. Okay. And their barrel is bigger and their gallon is bigger. But yeah, ten point eight U.S. gallons. So I brew around ninety gallons of beer at a time. There's no way to distribute that stuff, uh, and there's no point in it because people don't know how to handle it. For one thing. Yeah, and so the type of beer that you brew, um, you know, for anyone who who's not really familiar with uh, real ale, I mean, mm-hmm. there's still yeast in there. There's sediment. Yes, there is. Everything's yes. in there, and if you stir and that findings. up, and there's, findings, there's fish guts in there. There's yes. fish guts. <laughs> yes, 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 uh, there fish, is. fish bladders. <laughs> yes, swim bladder. Yep. Um, and so, if that stuff gets stirred around, like say on a truck that hits a pothole or just mm-hmm. cruising down the road, then all that stuff is just cloudy and full, and, and it'll if, settle out. 
it, and yeah. it'll settle out, especially yeah. if it gets. That's it, the idea. Especially <laughs> if you cold crash and it gets cold. But yeah. you know, of course, you need to handle this in a certain way, and you mm. need to let it sit there for long enough for everything to sit. And 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 it's not going to last forever either. No, it's and, not. No, it's uh, you pull a pint out, you got oxygen going in. And, and, and bugs and, and how long does your beer last once you once you tap that keg and you start pouring how long is it good for it's not a keg it's a, that's a cask a cask yeah. thank you <laughs> yeah um, There's, we always learn you can depends on the strength of the beer um, something like a mild or a, or a you know, ordinary bitter maybe would last six days you know seven tops but we always sell them they We've had very few beers go sour because people drink it. But but we're talking basically like six days shelf life, where there are some yep. beers that are have six months shelf life. Oh yeah, life. you chuck something in a keg and put CO two on it. Yeah, it'll. Oh yeah, especially if you yeah. pasteurize it, then oh yeah, yeah. we're, we're yeah, good for, for months. Pasteurize, yeah, our keg yeah. beers that we buy through our distributors, they they can sit there for months. Sure, not a problem. But uh, yeah, the oxygen getting in there. I actually like a little bit of oxidation. It's the bacteria I don't care for because it it'll go sour. Sure. About day two, day three with a cask, usually when it rounds out, it tastes different because a cask beer will change from day to day and from cask to cask. It's a living thing. And Hence real ale. Yeah, it's, real ale. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a living thing. And it's fun to see. I just tapped, uh, I'm drinking the Tannenbaum here right now, the old ale. I just tapped that on Friday. What's today? Sunday? Yes. Today is Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's got a little bit more of a tannin quality. A little bit less of a head on it. Well, I'm drinking it so slow. It, so yeah. <laughs> and, and it's flat and warm anyway, right? Yeah, it's warm and flat. But that's that's one of the things that really intrigued me about Cascale when I've been over in the UK is that it does, it can evolve and, uh, and change. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, as a home brewer, mm-hmm. and I've, I've learned that, you know, I'll brew something and, and I've had beers that uh, as soon as I keg it, I'm thinking, oh God, I should really throw mm-hmm. this out. This is horrible. And then a month later, oh my God, this is the best beer I've ever brewed. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a couple of those too. I did one years ago with a friend called Crunchberry Blonde Four Thirds Bach. We're probably talking 20 something years ago. Had Crunchberries in the boil. You know, Captain Crunch. Yeah, oh yeah. Crunchberries in oh, yeah. the boil. I've tasted beer that tastes and, like Crunchberries. Uh, yeah, it sounds we, amazing. We, we brewed it, we bottled it at three months. We tasted it, it tasted like acetone. Oh. And we said, I'm going to let this sit. And at six months, it was one of the best beers we ever had. <laughs> it was wow. Just, it was fantastic. Yeah. So it's, it's, which which kind of uh, uh, leans toward that, I mean, beer yeah. is a real real live thing constantly sure. changing yep. and and that and the trick is and this is where a yep. good brewer a good um uh, good pub staff can tell you yeah yeah this this beer is hitting its mark right now granted in the in the world of beer as a commodity that we're you know they're treating it like you know beer is is going to be the beer. same from beginning to end it's not going to be the same yeah it's what so I, we need to hit it on that on the top of the on the bell curve. What I, it's, it's, it's what I call the physics of beer. Uh, a lot of people think beer is just all about a recipe, but to me, it's also about the carbonation level and the temperature. Those are important factors in a, in a beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the cast beer, of course, not flat, but uh, um, some of these really fizzy beers are meant to be that way. You get a nice blogger or a pilsner, or, you know, a farmhouse saison in the summer, and those mm-hmm. are awesome. But you can take the exact same recipe exact same ingredients and serve it at a different temperature at a different carbonation level and you wouldn't you know a blind taste test you wouldn't know it was the same thing was, yeah absolutely yeah 
Yeah, it's beer. And, and so the, then let's talk about, um, we talked about, okay, trying to get this on just that perfect curve on, on flavor. But um, I want, I kind of want to ask you about um, food pairings with this type of beer mm. and trying to get that beer just right on spot. Now, the British aren't known as culinary giants oh, in, in, the, good stuff in the world, there. but they do have some good stuff over there. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm particularly fond of scotch eggs, but that's a, that's, they're, that's they're a nice. different story. The full English breakfast, when I used to be able to eat them, uh, <laughs> it was very nice. <laughs> uh, I had some great haggis last year when I was in Orkney. Uh, haggis and eggs. Mm. Well, that's Scotland. I've, uh, yeah, I've never had haggis. But oh, I've, haggis. I've, I've, haggis I've, can be really, really good. Well, yeah. I, I've heard it's uh, based on a dare. Yeah, no. No? No. The stuff stuff I had on Orkney um, last September was really, really good. Isn't that where uh, Skull Splitter's from? Yes, and uh, there is a bar towel on my bar right now that I got from the Orkney Brewing Company. It's, oh, God, it's there. I love right that now. beer. Yeah. When it's not too oxidized, I love yeah. that beer. Yeah. Skull, it changed the label. But, um, yeah, we were there at the brewery, my sister and I. Well, so talk to me about the food pairings. I mean, this is a very different kind of beer. And, and British beer uh-huh. is, I mean, not like German beers with, uh-huh. with, and not like Belgian. Is, I mean, it's very different. But what kind of food do you put together with the type of beers that you're making? I have to, I have to admit not to be a big fan of food pairings. I, I don't – I personally don't really understand <laughs> – I got, you know, I guess some food, you know, chocolate and whiskey go together and that sort of thing. But, uh, I can have a Snickers bar with a pint of stout, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, the chocolate and stout, yeah. We try to have, you know, at the pub here, we try to have a small variety of things. Um, you know, mostly comfort food, but, you know, for, for me personally, pairing, I, I I don't know. Well, I, I think, <laughs> well, in, instead of geeking out on the food and beer pairings, I think yeah. another way to approach mm-hmm. this uh, would be, what do you tend to eat and drink together more often than not? Mm. Well, I don't eat much these days because I'm an old man. But, well, not that old. Apparently, Snickers bar and salad is all it takes to sustain yeah. a man. I, I, I don't really, when I, when I think of getting a beer, I don't think what, kind of food am I going to have with this beer it's I look at the menu and I tend to I'm sort of a sort of a cheese person as well so for me yeah get a get a wedge of you get some crackers some biscuits and a wedge of British Stilton and a beer doesn't care what kind of beer it is (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. Now, I'm a, I'm a now you're now fan. you're talking. Cheese. Now you're talking. Oh, yeah. Keep going. Stitchelton, double Gloucester, good proper cheddar. A, yeah. a good, a good like British aged cheddar, or um, yeah. one one uh, cheese that you can find pretty easily these yeah. days is like the Dubliner, kind of like a oh, aged Dubliner. white, yeah, 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 Irish Dubliner, aged white yep. uh, Irish mm-hmm. cheddar. Yeah, the and, kind of kind of the flaky. Yeah, and it's, it's a little bit sharp, a little bit bitter, yes. a little bit earthy, but it goes great with stuff it like does, this. Yeah, oh my goodness! I have many fond memories. Uh, it's you know talking about earlier about different habits and culture about in England. My friends, when I stay with them up in up in the Lake District, have a habit most nights of around midnight. It's when you break out the big cheese tub and the crackers and the beer and the whiskey. Yes, <laughs> it's midnight. Here we are having what they call tea they call that tea up there and that's those are yeah, whiskey and beer um you know they have a brewery of course and they are brewing some west coasty kind of stuff so dave will break out a few bottles of 
whatever they got in, in, the, in the fridge. And, uh, it's the first time I had 28-year-old Kalila. Very nice whiskey. Oh, wow. 28 years old. You know, paired with some Stitchelton or some Stinking Bishop or one or the other. <laughs> uh, some good cheese over there. Yeah, to me, that's just to me personally. Cheese and... Fried foods are good, too. Yeah. Chips. You go to Britain, you get proper chips. Yes. Yeah, Which, proper chips with uh, with brown sauce. Let me translate for the Americans. <laughs> those, those would be those fries. Would be fries. Yeah. Those would be fries, but yes. amazing fries. Yeah. And we do it the same way here as they do it over the, the way my friend Dave was just talking about uh, learned it. We, we power cook them at a, 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 slower temp, a lower temperature, and then um, we chuck them back in at a really high temperature so it's crispy on the outside and soft in the middle. Uh, a pint of anything, really, with that. Awesome. Food pairings. Yes, food pairings, right. Food pairings. Yep. yep. Fries and any beer. But uh, I do know people who are... Uh, uh, yeah, the food pairing thing, you got to have... Well, we're going to have mussels with porter or something. And it, really? Right? Fine. <laughs> I just don't get it. Well, then then let's talk about... Um, and mm. we kind of, we kind of uh, talked about the subject a little bit, but mm. I mean, and you kind of... Head in this direction, talking about uh, having tea at midnight in mm-hmm. in England. Although it was whiskey and beer, and what well, is it was, it was your it was your dinner, and the first time I went there when I was first learning back in two thousand six, um, they said we're gonna have tea, uh, and I was thinking you know like four in the afternoon tea yeah you know, tea and crumpets tea and crumpets no tea was at least nine o'clock possibly later and that was your dinner, and that's I, I don't know if that's I know it's in Yorkshire as well as Cumbria. But. Yeah, tea is your meal, your last meal of the day. And, uh, yeah, turn on the telly and get out the cheese and biscuits. <laughs> well, then, then let's talk about um, let's talk about beer and culture. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. okay, so we're now we're we're deep entrenched in England. What you've created is 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 kind of like a little British island in the middle of Oak Ridge. Yes, um, it is. Yeah. How does how does beer bind us culturally? Because it, what's the old song? It makes me happy. It makes me feel fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I don't. Know, it's just it's it's also nutritious because I I drink quite a bit of beer every day. Um, so it's it's got that element of food, but it just mellows people out. You should have seen it here Friday night. We had live music. The place was packed out. People were having pints and socializing, having a good time, and uh, yeah, a couple pints. Oh, yeah. Well, and 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 to take this to the next step yeah. too, though. I mean, you are clearly connected to England, yeah. but you're not from England. Nope. But somehow, I'd like to live there on a train <laughs> yeah. somewhere around your midlife. Yeah, it was on the Cumbrian coast. I remember it well. Yeah. And 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 blamo. I mean, here you are uh, promoting British culture. That third place. The third place here yes. in the local, and, and that's um, part of the name Brewers Union local. 180. <laughs> well, well, tell me about the the name. Let's. Well, it's, just, it's, tell it's me that just story. It's a silly idea. It's you know, it, I've had other brewers, itinerant brewers, and people who want to learn and come through here. So that's why I was thinking of brewers union. It's union in this country tends to mean labor union, unfortunately, and nowhere else I don't think is that true. It's people. A union is. Well, it's a mathematical thing. It's also a, it's a connection. It's a get together. Um, 
and local. You know, it's kind of a play on the on the labor union, mm-hmm. local, and then 180 is a change of direction. You know, we're turning around, going to do something different. And the name kind of stuck when it came up years ago, and sort of a stupid name actually when I think about it. Well, actually, uh, <laughs> so, now that now that you now that you tell that story, it's I think it's actually brilliant. I mean, but it, it, I mean, I've 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 spoken with um, people internationally about about brewing, and and they're nowhere near as collaborative as we are. Yeah. But in any other business, mm-hmm. I I think the opposite would be true. I mean, we're a very competitive society, but in brewing, we tend to be, oh, yeah. there's still competition, but I mean, th- there are people it's, who are learning from each other. It's collaborative yeah. and it's a different way of thinking. I think the name is, is, is very appropriate. I don't, I have a lot of friends in the industry, including the brewery, not just the hospitality industry, but the brewing industry. And I don't see the competition thing. I get, I get, I can go to Planktown, say in Springfield, and ask my friend John for some yeast. They go, "Oh, sure, yeah." Or can I borrow a sack of Marisada? I'm out. You know, sure, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Just bring one back when you get some. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. I think that that feeling of competition when you get at a point where you're national, like like Deschutes Brewery, for example. I mean, Deschutes you look you big. look at you yeah. look look at yeah. a list of craft brewers. They're like number six on the list or something. Oh, I like know, that. I know. So I granted, okay, there's yeah. going to be a lot of elbowing and nudging and pushing in that peloton, yeah. but but. Um, but speaking to some of the um, the smaller, more locally minded brewers, mm-hmm. then it's it's just every day is great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I'm not trying to knock any shelf space off for somebody else. This is if you want my beer, you come here, or you go to Black Fifteen, or you go to Sandy. I'm, I'm pitching for those two right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that totally works. Yeah, because it's this is where you drink it. Then. Um, one of the questions I ask everyone, yeah. uh, forgive me, I know you're not much of a food and beer pairing no, person, but not. but I, I've got to ask this just because yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious what you'll say. If you had the opportunity of putting together and choosing your last meal and your last beer. Oh, dear. That'd be pizza. Pizza and? Pizza and beer. What kind of beer? My last meal, it would be... And what um, kind of pizza? See, be double garlic. What we used to call smog back at my old um, old drinking hole back in Ithaca, New York. Um, sausage, mushrooms, onions, and garlic. Deep dish, of course. Um, served with. Oh, I just go for a pint of something. Just just a pail. You know, I could still drink six packs of Sierra Nevada. <laughs> And just be totally happy with it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those. You're you're on a motorcycle trip. You're camping. You go by the little convenience store. They don't have much of a choice, but they got Sierra Nevada pay. They always got Sierra Nevada. <laughs> it's always it's always a good one. Yeah, it would be something like that. I think. Smog. Remember that. Sausage, mushrooms, onions, garlic, double garlic, two G's. And deep dish. <laughs> deep, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to be deep dish. Yeah, there's a place called the Nines in Ithaca, New York. That does this wonderful square. Oh, yeah, it's good pizza. That's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, then the the last question I ask all mm-hmm. my guests, and uh, and I usually try and take this in a more philosophical bin. I've gotten Uh-oh. some some Uh-oh. fun, silly answers, and those are those are fun too. But but um, you know the the big coup de gras question is why does good beer matter? Or I could even tailor <sighs> this: why does real ale matter? Real ale matter. Wow, 
How much time do I have? <laughs> I got to think about this one. It just, it just you got forty five minutes. Just, go. I got what? <laughs> it just no. matters. It's I don't know. It's it's not. It's the right temperature. You get the good flavors. It's not over carbonated. Typically, they're sessionable, so you can drink many of them. And it's in a pub. <laughs> it's gotta be in a pub. Gotta be in a pub. Yeah. The third place. The third. Place. Gotta be in the third place. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, that's a. That's a. That's when I'd have to think about. Yeah. All right. I don't know why it matters. It matters to me. It just does. I. I. It's. It's what I got hooked on and. I'm probably gonna have a couple tonight. Nice. After this one. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you for at least one <laughs> yeah, more before yeah, my sure, drive. Sure. But yep. do you do you have any other stories that you can tell us that uh, of um, of travel, of beer, of of culture, and connecting with people? Anything you want to add? Oh, I'm thinking. Hang on here. The place I've been to that has the most hand pulls I've ever seen. Is the craft beer company uh, in London has fourteen handfuls? <laughs> it's like I, wow, <laughs> yeah, nice. You, you can't drink all of those in one night. Well, you can. Well, that might be a challenge to some. Yeah, I'll admit that. Um, what was it called? Brewers Weekend when I was uh, training over in Cumbria uh, at a place called the Prince of Wales in Foxfield. If you're ever in that part and, and go to the Prince of Wales is just outstanding uh, traditional pub um, and they let me stay upstairs overnight because uh, I was representing the Hard Knot Brewery and they said hey, you can have a room I, I had I had 12 pints in a day <laughs> but you can do that that, that's one every two hours that sounds perfectly <laughs> that's, that's perfectly right. responsible yeah yeah Oh, I don't know. I, I I could probably think up some stories. I've had some great stories of music in Ireland where there's you know good hand pulled beer and um, sessions where the musicians just sit around at the tables with you know there's fiddles and stuff like that. And uh. well, if people wanted to come and taste some of your yeah. cask real ale, real hand pulled proper proper proper, proper British proper, ale, proper then, British ale, then yeah. how do they find you? Oh, we've been open long enough now that most people know we're here. Uh, we do get a lot of newbies coming by. We, I don't do social media. I don't really care for it. Um, we do have brochures down at the um, Travel Lane County and Travel Oregon uh, Visitor Centers. Well, uh, what's we, your address here in, or in Oak Ridge? Uh, it's 48329 East 1st Street. It's off the main highway. And uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the fun one I get when I'm working behind the bar is... We didn't know you were here. You really should put some signs out on the highway. And there are two giant six-foot-wide blue and white tourist destination signs out on the highway. And they just, nobody sees them. <laughs> That's, yeah. Apparently it needs to be yellow and blinking. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be blinking. School zone know, but, and pub zone. Yeah, yeah, pub zone. But yeah, I like being off the highway. It's I like people to find us and, um, and have this become a destination. Um, yeah, these, this weekend, next weekend, weekend after is going to be tree slaying weekend. We're going to have a lot of, well, Friday is packed in here because people are cutting trees up in the woods. And, and that those aren't loggers. Know, those are people trying to grab Christmas trees. You're grabbing Christmas trees. Yeah, because yeah, you can get a permit, go up forest, grab a tree, come down here. And like I said, this place was packed Friday with, yeah. with tree slayers, we call them. And, yeah. 
How can people find you online? Uh, we have a website, brewersunion.com. Uh, I hand-coded that myself, I have to admit. Well, you know, <laughs> your previous life, yeah, I expect yeah, so you still have a few a skills left over. Yeah, yeah, yeah brewersunion.com. I, I, I know we're on Facebook, but I haven't been on Facebook since January. I don't care for it. All right, so don't find you on Facebook. You, you can, well, Google... We're on Google, was it Google Plus, whatever, and TripAdvisor and Yelp, which I don't care for. So all we're, we're on there with reviews and all that kind of stuff. But uh, BrewersUnion.com is where you want to go if you want to see what kind of music we have going on or whatever, you know, what our hours are. Um, and the site still works after nine-something years. Well, and, and and so I I will say, and I mentioned this to you. I mentioned this to you before we started recording. Right. But uh, you know, I'm half British and and have a lot of that influence from my father and the rest of my family. Mm-hmm. And and so I have a little bit of a hankering to British style beers. Try to brew some myself uh, to greater and lesser degree of success. Um, but to find a good hand pulled beer engine yeah. beer cask ale real ale i mean I'll, to find a really good version of that is a trick and so anyone who's interested or at the very least curious about what that means and what kind of beer that is we have it then you have it yeah. and it's and it's exceptional in fact one thing i was i was talking with a gentleman i won't say his name but he uh, used to be a longtime brewer at deschutes brewery and is now part of the sales and marketing team and he mentioned that um that they had some like barrel age uh, beer conference or something like that, and and you're part of and 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 he and and the interactions that they had with you. I mean, he he just looked at me and said, "That guy is legit." This would have been the you, uh, Master Brewers Association five six years ago, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was up in Seattle. I went and I did a talk on on off Cascale up there. Okay, yeah. Um, and apparently, and shoots. Huh. Well, and, okay, and, well, and, and, yeah, I'll talk to you offline. <laughs> but and, and apparently, I mean, the, this left a mark on this guy who was a brewer for ten years and now, now sells their beer. Oh, um, right. And and awesome. he's just like, oh man, that guy's legit. His stuff. Oh man. Well, so when we're offline, you're gonna have to tell me who that is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, but in the meantime, anyone anyone who wants no. to try some really good that's, real ale, that's come to Oak Ridge. That's what we're and doing. get off the highway. Follow, get, follow, get, get off the highway. Just yeah, find those highway. big blue signs that no one can see. <laughs> no one can see. Yeah, this says Brewers Union Local 180. Yeah, take a left at the light. Awesome. Or a right at the light, depending. Ted, thank you so much for uh, having me here to sure. have this conversation. Yeah. I'm going to have another beer with you. You should. Yes, we should head up to and, the bar. And I, I, I guess I should say cheers. Ah, slight you. <laughs> The third place has manifested in coffee shops, barber shops, gyms, and more. However, few of these serve traditional beer that can warm one's heart as it inspires conversation. If you want to experience the third place and beer that began the craft revolution, then I recommend you visit Ted Sobel at Brewers Union in Oak Ridge, Oregon. He will likely be the guy at the end of the bar getting squiffy with a pint. In the next episode, we travel up the road a few hours to visit a small brewery that borrows inspiration and ingredients with their neighbor, who just happens to be a large biodynamic winery. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together, but it's also about better appreciation of the beer you enjoy. I believe better education leads to better enjoyment, so if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters and leave a rating on iTunes. Better yet, send me an email at jeremy at goodbeermatters.net and tell me what beer stories or knowledge you'd like to hear more about. After that, grab a beer, 
hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Slancha. And with that, Bob's your uncle.